Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. think of a better way of kicking off 2023 than bringing one of my favorite people on this podcast. Kristen Hartnagel is the CEO of Evolve Now. Having been part of four startups, Kristen has worked with New York Times bestselling authors, award-winning talent agents, celebrities, as well as billionaire influencers. As a keynote speaker, professional singer, and business coach, Kristen helps you evolve into your next level of greatness in your business and in your life. I've known Kristen for three years now, and let me tell you, she has seen me through some breakthroughs as well as some breakdowns. She is an incredible human. She has a beautiful soul, and I know you guys are going to love her as much as I do. Kristen, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Renee? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited to do this. I um, in, When I recorded the intro, I said you were one of my favorite people. I think oh. that you, yeah, like you have just seen me through so much over the past three years and you are just a voice of like reason and you have just this way about you where you bring out the best in people. So I'm pumped to have this conversation about like kicking off 2023 and like stepping into our best version and not in like the, you know, three resolution type of way, but like in a really authentic way. Oh, what a beautiful introduction. And I have to say that you are one of my favorite people as well. It's just been such a joy working together and seeing all of your transformation and the way you're impacting lives. And um, it's just been fun, just fun to be on this journey with you. It has been fun. Although sometimes there's been a few tears, but <laughs> for the most part, it's fun. <laughs> so let's like, let's kick it off. And because every time... I talk about something that like someone might call woo woo, then someone else who's not, who doesn't feel that way was like, oh, but I need like data. I need science. So like, let's just, I thought you'd be the perfect person to like, take a moment before we start talking about changing mindset and doing all of that. Like the science versus woo woo, is it all the same? Is it the same exact thing just said in different ways? You know, I really believe that science and spirituality are coming together in stronger ways than ever before. And you'd be hard pressed not to stumble upon some of the people that are in this space trying to show all the ways that they're interwoven. People like, oh gosh, are you following Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, Um, Greg Braden, people that I've been following for years and years, Um, Dean Radden, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, HeartMath. Uh, So Mm. many things are just proving not only um, are we spiritual beings, but that our heart and our emotions are what really steer the ship and the magnetic field of our heart far surpasses that of our brain. And we always thought that the brain was the mechanism, the organ that held consciousness. And so consciousness and spirituality to me are one and the same. And gosh, so much science. It's exciting. 
I so I love that. And let's go to heart math because that's that's uh, our institution or study that I'm familiar with. But can you share a little bit about what the findings have been as to why your your heart is a really good indicator of what you should be doing compared to your head? And like some of that stuff is just absolutely fascinating. It is fascinating. So um, here's the way I try and state it is like the, the brain is an organ and it has a job to do just like every or every other organ has a job to do. Like your liver is trying to detoxify all of the nutrients that come into your body. The brain's function is to think thoughts and the heart's function ha- it is like responsible for what we used to call the gut feeling, you have this sense wash over you. And, you know, some people refer to it as intuition. Some people just like call it spidey senses. It's the heightened awareness that I need to pay attention. And so there's this thing that heart math forwards called the coherence of your heart and your brain. And when you're in coherence, you're way more open. Um, it's that alignment of your heart and head helps you be uh, function better. It helps you access information better. It helps you flow with what it is you're trying to convey as far as uh, messaging goes. Mm. And so we work really hard when we're aware of this to make sure that the brain isn't running the show. Um, we want to make sure we're checking in with our bodies and seeing if we can sense this alignment. And if you've ever had a gut feeling or if you've ever had that sense wash over you that, ooh, this may not be safe for me, then you know your body has visceral reactions. Those are things that we should pay attention to. I'm suggesting that we should also be paying attention to what it feels like to be in coherence. And if we can notice that and look for that and can be in that space more often, then we know we're accessing more fully ourselves and we're showing up in a more authentic way um, for everything that we're trying to accomplish. So what happens when, if someone who's listening is like, yeah, but Kristen, you don't get it. Like, I lost my job. I have a failing marriage. I'm I'm unhappy. Like, all of these things are happening. Like, what if there's some, some external things happening in your world around you that you actually don't have control of that are really making you miserable? Like, is there any hope to change that perspective or, or find the silver lining there? No doubt about it, but it takes work, it takes presence, and it takes an understanding that you are not the thoughts that you have. And mm-hmm. once you understand that, you really can't go back. But it it's like an every moment by moment reminder, wait a minute, the thoughts that my brain is mm-hmm. firing are not who I am. And so we need to understand that we have mm-hmm. reactions to certain stimulus. We're looking at the evidence of what is, and that is what we're reacting to. I lost my job. I'm in a relationship mm-hmm. that's a dead end. I don't feel good for, for whatever reason, but detach from that and say, wait, that's just the evidence of what is. How am I feeling about what is? I mean, we mm-hmm. all know that there could be two different people at a job and say the boss walks in and starts yelling 
and people will react differently. There could be one person who takes that so personally, it just yeah. throws the rest of their day off. And the other person could be saying, oh, you know, he's having a bad day or she's just she woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it's like yeah. water off a duck's back. I, you know, I'm not going to take that personally. And so it's how we are responding. And then we have to understand that we are at choice at all times about how we respond. So the question isn't, are we going to have things that try and throw us off our groove or things that are so devastating that anybody could look at that and say, yeah, you have every right to feel that way. There's no doubt that those things happen. The question isn't, do you have the right to feel that way? The question is, how long do you Mm. want to feel that way? And do you understand that you're at choice and that you can shift things? But like, how do you shift them? How do you make that change when your brain is just saying, I'm the victim or, you know, this thing has happened to me or I'm in a really crappy place? Like, how do you actually change that? Yeah, there's people who would believe that there are just glass half empty kind of people and glass half full kind of people. And when you look at their lives, the person who you would kind of generalize as a glass half empty person may really have a lot of things going wrong in their relationship or in their lives. And so you're like, man, they just can't catch a break. And on the flip side, there are people who, when they walk into the room, it's like things are always going their way. And if something bad happens, they don't tend to stay in that space for very long. They have a really quick bounce back factor into attracting all the good things. And we're like, Mm -hmm. what do they have for breakfast? And it just seems like it's cut and dry. But I disagree. I think we can all shift wherever we are to something better. So even if you're a glass half full kind of person, it too can evolve into something even better, it all starts with this awareness that you are not the thoughts that you're thinking. And so I have a three-step process I like to take people through to help them really get into a new habit of not Mm -hmm. reacting, but more responding. And so the first step is to detach with amusement. It's like to say, wait a minute, I can feel that this runaway train of thoughts are trying to take over. So we have neural pathways that our thoughts travel upon and we have patterns of thinking and the brain isn't going to exert effort to think a helpful, peaceful thought if it's used to traveling down Mm. a crappy pathway. It's like, water doesn't exert any effort to flow uphill. Your brain's just doing its job. It's on a pattern of thought. It's thinking a thought it's thought a million times before. And if you're a glass half empty person, it's probably going to travel one of those that don't feel so good. So detaching with amusement is to kind of be the witness. It's Mm -hmm. to take a step back and go, wait, this thought doesn't feel good. What is this thought? And then the reason I say with amusement is because it doesn't really help to get mad at our brain. If we're new to this (laughs) awareness thing, if we're new to this idea that I am not my thoughts and I should be more vigilantly watching the thoughts that I have, then we can start to get upset. Like, uh uh-oh, there's a negative thought. Shoot, I don't want to have one of those runaway runaway train thoughts. (laughs) But instead, just say, my brain is doing its job. 
What if we Mm -hmm. instead could frame it that my brain is innocent? It's just doing what it is meant to do. The function of the brain is to think thoughts. So detaching with amusement is going, ah, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to think this pattern of thought. And then step two is to reduce to the ridiculous. That's Mm -hmm. really saying, well, what is this thought? Out of an infinite number of ways the future can unfold, am I focused on the past that I can't do anything about? Am I focused on the future that I also can't do anything about? Or what is it that I'm afraid of? What is this thought representing? If I pulled it all the way out and looked at it, and then I played a little game, what is the worst that this thought could represent? And then really give equal playing time to what is the best that could happen. Now you're not just a victim to the thought as it is, you're you're pulling it all the way out. So you've step one, um, detached with amusement, step two, reduced to the ridiculous, knowing that the worst it's trying to represent is still just a thought. It's a puny thought that has no power over you. And then step three is to invest wisely. Understand that like your thoughts our currency. It's like I'm depositing into something. Why would I want to deposit my thought coins into something I don't want more of? So investing wisely is getting keen on what would I want to feel? What would I want to have happen and try and get into that mode? Einstein said something that really plays into this well. He said, the imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. So can we be responsible for the way we feel? And can we be responsible for the thoughts we allow ourselves to think? Imagine if you apply that to every like person you run up against who is, you know, a triggering person or everything that, I mean, that's a life changer, right? No doubt. You know what? It is, it's such a life changer. It's, it's something that my sister applied when she was, um, when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Like that's not Mm. a fun thing to have to bump up against. It's like, this could be a life shortening, um, diagnosis. And it ended up being like she passed away in 2019, but she lived for seven years with this kind of playfulness about it. Mm -hmm. How can I do this differently? How can I detach with what everybody thinks I'm going to go through and just experience it for what it is? And that was a gift. It was a shift to say, I get to do this the way I want to do this. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. Do you think that you've worked with best-selling authors, you've worked with billionaires, celebrities? Do you think that that people who are the highest performers adopt some version of what you're talking about here? Whether they're conscious of it or not, Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. I think there is an energy about focusing on what 
is, what I can control, what I have a vision for, getting excited about what's next. They just aren't taking the time to look. They don't, they don't spend yeah. energy on what went wrong. Uh, they're, they're not spending a lot of time on um, trying to fix the past or obsessing over a future. Yeah. They're just in the now. So I'm not sure that they're all aware of it. But what I think they do yeah. really well is they stay in that higher vibration of the positive what ifs instead of the negative what ifs. Let's talk about vibrations and energy because I mean that that is something like it's I drop that word all the time on on how I feel the energy that someone gets off energy that I feel vibrations and all of that. Some people who don't know what I'm talking about look me like cross eye, and I know you live very much in that space too. Can you share a little bit what it means to be high vibration versus low vibration. I, de I definitely can. So, um, you know, this is a quantifiable thing. It is something that you could actually Google that people have been hooked up to brainwave monitors and you can see that your thoughts are energy and that they have a frequency. And um, for example, when a subject is um, given a stimulus, who's a, a subject who's hooked up to brainwave uh, measurement monitors, and they're subjected to a stimulus that is um, frightening or causes anger. It's like, imagine the needle on a lie detector test. And, you know, the paper is running and the needle is bouncing up and down. When you're exposed to something that makes you feel low frequency things, the needle doesn't go very high or low. So it's up and down. It's sharp and close together. But when they're exposed to something that is heartwarming, that provokes the feeling of compassion or love, it's a big open rolling wave. It goes high and it goes wide and it goes deep. And so you can just tell, like if you dropped two pebbles in the water, when those waves intersect, they cancel one another out. We don't have to be concerned about having negative thinking. We just could be more vigilant about replacing it with something more high energy, high frequency, something that evokes that compassion or love because that is sure to cancel out those lower frequencies. So to me, to be a high vibe kind of person, it is taking the responsibility that like nothing is more important than the way I feel. Yeah. And I'm going to be the best for the world when I'm feeling good. That does not mean I'm going to ignore the bad. It does not yeah. mean that bad things don't happen. It just means I'm going to let them move through me, not own me. They can move through me, but I'm not going to let them move in. <laughs> and I'm oh, going wow. to try and keep the perspective that if I could really accept this on some level, I know that everything that happens is happening for me, mm. not to me. So where can I find the gift? I'm not always going to be privy to seeing how this shapes yeah. up as something that feels like it's for me. I may not ever see that, but I can trust that it is because I do have experience where something I thought was horrible yeah. ended up being the best thing. Yeah. And that experience gives me something that feels reliable. 
I can count on it. And so therefore, when I'm looking at something that I don't like or that I don't understand, I'm not going to pay too much attention to what I need to do to fix it. I'm going to trust I'll be shown the way. And that means that's how I can stay in a higher vibration. I I love that. And one of my favorite examples of that is I was fired from my first job ever after law school. And in the moment, I thought it was the worst thing in the world that was happening to me. I was closing on my house. I was fired on a Friday, closing on my house on Monday. And had that not happened, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this right now. Like that set me off on the course of everything else that happened. It was such a gift. Such a gift. Yeah. Holy shift everything's a gift. Like this to me is where the spirituality and the science come together is that we can be um, players in this shift, in this conscious shift by saying, hey, the next time it feels as awful as you losing a job the day before you're going to close on a house. What if we, instead of going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Throw our hands up and say, I can't wait to see what's next. Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) I mean, if I think about, you think about like all of the the massive like rejections or, or challenges, they always turned into something so much better on the other side. And, you know, even in the divorce space, like people think it's the worst thing happening to them and they could really find so much happiness on the other side. So, I mean, what a great way to, to, to change that. So then you talk about feelings are not emotions. And I want to go back to that for a second and, and like, just unpack that a little bit. Like, what's the difference? Because the words feel so interchangeable. Yeah, so I would say that a feeling is a reaction. Like we can't help feeling that um, somebody is threatening me or Mm. that this divorce is going to be hard and I'll never have the lifestyle that I Mm. wanted to have. Or man, I really thought my life would look differently than it does now. Those are feelings, but... um, what we do with them. Actually, I'm actually, I said that wrong. The emotion is the reaction. And then the feeling is our response to Mm -hmm. that stimulus. So we can't help what happens, but we can definitely choose the way we respond to that. So that's how I see them being different. So if we're talking about evolving into our best self going into 2023, do we need to let go of anything? Do we need to face any barriers or triggers or past conditioning in order to step forward? Or is that all part of who we are and that should move with us? You know, I really believe that if you choose to look at the past, only look with the lens of what would I do differently? Um, so that it can be a lesson. It can maybe turn into something that is going to be guidance for you. Um, But I don't think it's necessary. I think if we could stay playful, I think we take ourselves way too seriously. So how could we have a playful energy about what is next? Just like when you're in the midst of something you don't like, instead of trying to analyze what you're going to do, instead, throw up your hands and say, I can't wait to see what's next. That's the kind of energy we can take into the new year. Yeah, there's going to be highs and lows, but let's think about it this way. Every contraction is followed by an expansion. 
And every expansion is followed by a contraction. I think we set ourselves up for disappointment when we think there is this place we should arrive where we have no more dips. That's just not going to happen. So I don't want to like hold on to the high because then I would be upset when a low comes and I don't want to wallow in the low. I get to say, I can't wait to see what's next. So as reliable as breathing, there's contractions and expansions and contractions and expansions. And I don't have to react to what is bad. Instead, I can put my sights on what is good. So to take that forward into the new year, it's what do I most want? How does it feel to have what I most want? And then what is mine to do? Show me. You show me, spirit. What is mine to do? And I will willingly place my foot on the path that you light up for me. So how did, what if someone says, I don't even know what I want? Like, I don't know. Like, where do they start if they're not even sure who they are or what it is they're looking for? Oh, that's a great question. For people who are like, I'm just kind of like a cork bobbing on the surface of the ocean. I'm not sure what my purpose is or what really makes me happy. Then my suggestion is to just think about a past memory that did create happiness Mm -hmm. and imagine what more of that feeling could look like. So most everybody just wants to have uh, happiness. They want to have a relationship that is meaningful. They want to feel like they're contributing to something larger than themselves. And so it's the feeling of those things that we can conjure. That's really what imagination is. So could we understand that the only reason we want whatever it is we want is because we believe on some level that having it is going to make us feel a certain way. So can I tap into the way I think that's going to make me feel and start feeling it now? Because if I can, I'm reducing the friction. I'm opening up um, in in realms unseen the way the universe can orchestrate things on my behalf Mm -hmm. to bring that to me because I'm spending time in that vivid imagination, imagining and conjuring the way it feels to have it. So if you're someone who doesn't know what you want, get in touch with how you want to feel and then say just more of that, please. Like, I just want to have meaningful relationships. I want to have fun with my girlfriends. I want to, I want to feel what it feels like when I'm cuddling up with my dog. Like that's what I want to feel more of. And so if you can tap into that, then you're just going to create more experiences that will bring you more of that. Hmm, I love that. What is in uh, store for you for 2023? Well, I'm so excited about the way Brain Builders Group is expanding. We've been helping some very high profile people, and it is like a magnet to people who are trying to write books or speak Mm -hmm. more, coaches. And so we're creating some ways that actually our content can be woven into their existing offering. So if there's anybody who's thinking, man, building a personal brand, like what you've done twice over now, um, (laughs) if that's in store for them, or if it would help their existing clients, they might want to look into what would it be like to actually teach people, integrate 
finding your brand DNA into the work I'm already offering. So that's what's new is I'm actually being positioned as somebody who can go out and speak and offer webinars um, for groups to help them understand how leveraging helping others build their personal brand can add to what they're doing. And it's super exciting. It is. So for those who are listening are like, what? Brand builders, what? So I'm part of this group. And honestly, it's the thing that has catapulted um, everything I'm doing to the next level because I came into it not knowing anything. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Why? I don't need a personal brand. I run a brick and mortar business. Wrong. So, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking like, well, I don't really need one, you probably do. I mean, it changed everything in brick and mortar business and and everything else that I'm doing. So um, if you're interested in that, if you're listening, connect with myself and I'll connect you with Kristen. Um, Kristen is my brand strategist. So we get to chat every single month. Um, and she is just amazing. So I'm happy to make that connection. Like seriously, this, this organization is, is extraordinary. And if nothing else, the community is unbelievable. Like it is, it is amazing. The people who are part of this group. That is true, man. The people who are in Brand Builders Group as clients, they make such a strong community and they're really all about helping one another. So our avatar, the people that we attract, are mission-driven messengers who out there is trying to do more good in the world. And so rather than feeling like you're in a community where everybody's trying to get a leg up on the next person, instead, everybody's like, how can I help you? Like, what can I do? Can I bring you on my podcast? Or can I promote you on social media? And that kind of support is just second to none and pretty unheard of in typical communities like that. So, and they also encourage everyone who works within the Brand Builders Group team to have their own personal brand. And so that's why it's been such a fit for me because the spiritual work that I do and all of the speaking and singing, I get to keep doing that. I get to keep serving people in ways with the spiritual breakthrough coaching that I do. And it's encouraged rather than you've got to do that on the side and do that on the down low. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You just let people really show up um, as who they are so that they can more fully serve more people. Talk about a, a bunch of high vibrational people. Like everyone is, is I was in a room not too long ago with a bunch of brand builders and like the buzz in the room was just, you, you, you know, it's contagious. It's everyone is just so like committed to helping each other. It's an incredible incredible energy. So we ended up talking about that and we <laughs> wasn't even part of the agenda, but there you go. You got, you got a, a bonus and within the episode. So uh, Kristen, <laughs> how do people connect? I have one final question for you, but before I get there, how do people connect with you and find you for your work? And you have um, a company called Evolve Now. So that's your mindset and spiritual work, as well as the brand builders part of it, which is the personal branding. So you have two things happening. How do people connect? So if they want to know anything about Brand Builders Group, they can reach out to me at my email address, which we'll put in the show notes. But it's my name, Kristen, with an E-N at brandbuildersgroup.com. But for my Evolve Now business, I have a webinar called Breaking Through Belief Barriers. And I kind of walk through those three steps that we talked briefly about in that webinar. And that URL is my name, Kristen Hartnagel. And that's a mouthful. So it's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-H-A-R-T-N-A-G-E-L. 
com and then forward slash get started dash BTBB. And that is for the Breaking Through Belief Barriers webinar. We'll put all of that in the show notes too. All right, final, final question. What does winning mean to you? Uh, winning means that I am showing up in the world as my, as my best self, my highest vibration self. So I am winning when I am showing up in that high vibration, not taking things too seriously, being joy filled so that I can spread more joy in the world. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Well, thank you for inviting me, Renee. What a gift. This has been such a special time to be with you. Thank you. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.